Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, now, where is it? Where, what, what? Who? Let's start okay. that again. So let, let's, should we? <laughs> You're hilarious. We are on fire today, everyone. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Before we start this week's episode, we would like to say a huge thank you to our brand new Patreon, Chloe. We love you. We adore you. Yeah, Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. Welcome to the WTB gang. And for those of you who have been joining us, and for those of you who should be joining us, our next new material night will be on June 7th. Uh, we have confirmed one guest. My good friend, Miss Deborah D. Giovanni, will be one of our guests coming to us from L.A. Ooh, And uh, our next guest you'll hear about soon. Mm. Once ah. you've booked her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can get tickets on the WTB Facebook page. Hang on a second. Can you hear that? I think Chloe's vacuuming. Is she actually having a bloody laugh? I can't. I'm just gonna. Re- I'm just gonna record a podcast. All right, love. <laughs> can you hear it? No, you can't hear it. Okay, no. I and mean, I can hear it. That is well. I'll, we'll be having words later. Don't don't think for a second we won't. I think Chloe's saying you're spending too much time on Zoom. I think that's her little subtle hint. This is a this is a passive protest, is what this is. <laughs> Alison, I did Maureen's Patreon, and Chloe came in at the end, and she went. I thought you said you were working, not just chatting to Maureen. I said, that is work. That's what we're doing. That's I'm working. What, what do you think my job is? <laughs> All I do is talk shit for a living. That's it. But you know, people don't think comedy is a job. I mean, I'm... Well, it isn't really. Right. Okay, shush. I mean, it's different for you, Asin, because Danny's a comedian as well. But when you've got a partner who doesn't do comedy and you get into a thing about who works hardest, it's really hard to say, <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Sure, you've been at work all day, but you haven't even left the house. It's like, oh, yeah, poor you, 20 minutes. Ooh, is that work? I had to double up. That was 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you know, I doubled. Oh, I had to go to the other side of London and that was another 20. That's a good 40 minutes on stage. <laughs> do you know what? I remember once me and Christian Shorter-Lowe were complaining about how much work we'd had to do. We comparing both one night and it was like, yeah. I mean, all together we'd done about 30 minutes. <laughs> Do you and Danny have these uh, discussions, Alison? I suppose you don't really. Not the same. <laughs> Not really. Like, he pokes fun, though. Now and again, we'll get sarcastic with one another. Like, what was it the other day? There, was no, there wasn't enough loo roll in a bathroom. And he's like, well, I'm just saying, whose job is it? Like, I work all day and you're what? Downstairs talking to your lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> That's really hard work. Maureen and Leanna, honorary lesbians. <laughs> No, he goes, you're lesbian. Sorry, you're one lesbian and then maybe the other possible lesbians or the whatever. He's like, so he likes to sarcastically throw that around and tell me housework is my duty. And then it's real funny when I don't do anything. But the thing is, Alison, you always do because actually you couldn't bear the thought of it not being done. So you'll do it. It is true. I'm like, you're right. I should have more toilet paper in there. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'd be like, just use the kitchen roll. What's your problem? Both of our fathers are plumbers and never put a kitchen roll in, ever. You don't put kitchen roll down the toilet, Maureen, and you don't put sanitary towels. Not that that's an issue for... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Look. <laughs> this is what happens when we do a show the night before. Did you guys go to sleep right away? I was a little buzzed for a while. I was like, No, I watched, I watched some really bizarre uh, TV cop program with the cop as a murderer as well. It was really weird. Was it from the 70s, Maureen? No, it wasn't. It was like from this from this last decade. <laughs> It was from this, well, last decade. It was last decade. (laughs) Close. I was absolutely shattered yesterday because I'd just come back from that camping trip with my family. Um, I went camping over the bank holiday weekend with my family and some friends. Yeah, Jen, tell us about your week. Did you have a good time, Jen? (laughs) I wish you all could see her face. (laughs) I was so sad you didn't invite me. I was gutted. Yeah, I bet you were, Maureen. I can just imagine you in the middle of a... (laughs) In the middle of a field in your cocktail dress and your flipping heels. Uh, Jen, can you go to the toilet for me? No, Maureen, you're going to have to do that yourself. All right, let me get my walking, camping kitten heels. Hang on. Out of the two of you, I don't think Alison would have enjoyed it, but she would have borne it a bit better. But it was pretty miserable. It, It was so cold. It was so effing cold, right? Everything froze, right? We woke up in the morning. There was frost on the ground. I hadn't slept a wink. I was absolutely just, well, freezing. I went to have a drink of water in the morning. That was ice. The kids had done a wee on the potty in the middle of the night. That was ice. I said to Chloe, is this a holiday? What is this? This feels like, you remember I said to you, I watched that that programme, The Terror, where they're stuck out in the Arctic. <laughs> I feel like Jared Harris in The Terror. All I need now is some fucking like psychotic polar bear to be terrorising us. And I've, I'm just reliving that experience, except with my children. <laughs> I was like, being a parent is hard enough when we're at home. Why have we camped out in a field with none of, our, none of the things that make our lives easier? It was not fun. And I was with friends, so I couldn't moan as much as I wanted. When you're the only one, when everybody else is going, come on, let's make the best of it. And you're the one that's going, this is hell on earth. You, you know, you can't. You can't be that person. You have to pretend. You're like, oh, it's not so bad. Then really you're crying on the inside. <laughs> I got incredibly dehydrated because I didn't want to use the toilet. So I didn't drink any water. So the only thing I drank was diuretics. I only drank tea, coffee and, and booze. Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, I think by the end of it, my face was just like a, a, a 
like literally like a, a, a bounty bar. Actually, that's quite moist, actually, isn't it? Bounty um, bars are very moist. They're very moist, aren't they? Um, well, like a desiccated coconut. It was, it was dry, very dry. <laughs> dry, yeah. Really dry lips, really dry. I was just dry. I was not dry. I'm not sure why I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling the need just to advertise <laughs> this. Um, what I'm trying to say is it wasn't a great deal of fun. Then I got wind and I got sunburn as well. And I wouldn't mind. I don't mind getting sunburn if it's hot. I resent getting sunburn when it's fucking freezing. So all in all, the kids had the time of their lives. They loved it. Any plans of going, going back camping? <laughs> Yeah, we're going back in three weeks. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe we're going back in three weeks. We are. We're doing it at the, at the next bank holiday. I said to God, well, thank God we're not doing that again any time soon. She was like, we are. We're doing it in three weeks. I was like, what? She went, I told you we're going camping at the end of the month. So, yeah, there we are. That was my that was my bank holiday weekend. Alison, yours looked, sounded a bit more civilised. I bought a gazebo, everyone, for the back garden. I know, very middle class. But we got it from B&M, so not middle class, everyone. And uh, what I learned, <laughs> as I said the other night, what I learned is that when you buy a gazebo from B&M and you don't anchor it down, and then the wind starts, then all of a sudden your neighbors have a brand new gazebo from <laughs> B&M is what happens. And that is what happened. It it literally it broke in half. Like metal bars have broken in half. It, I was I was working out in the kitchen. And I looked outside. I was like, oh my God. Because I, of course, like we know, I wanted it to look nice. So I put the gazebo up and then I put all these lovely like fairy lights and then like glass pillar candles everywhere. I was like, this is it. So all the glass shattered, glass everywhere. <laughs> my puppy's like, I just want to eat the glass. I was like, nah, nobody. So it was very exciting. We had two days of a lovely gazebo life and... I hope my neighbours like it now. Alison, you know in the feet of the gazebo, there's like some holes. Yeah. yeah? Do you know what those holes are for? <laughs> well, what I even bought, Jen, the sad thing is I even bought weighted things to put on the, like I actually was like, you Velcro them on the corner. And I was like, great, great, great. Then I got to the house and I was like, oh, I didn't know I had to buy sand or rocks to put in the weighted. I thought it just came weighted. What were you weighing it down with cotton wool and goodwill? <laughs> I don't know. So there was no waiting that occurred and then a tornado happened. So everyone, all I'm going to say is don't don't buy a gazebo for tornado weather. That's all I'm it, saying. It has no. been really windy as well. I mean, in Brighton, we've had 70 mile an hour winds. So I'm, I am just grateful we weren't camping yesterday because that's when the winds really picked up. Oh, my God. I was, I, I was in my bed. Right, we put the electric blanket on because it's been cold in May. That's what it is in the UK. For anyone that's not it lives in our fair island, it is miserable. And I could hear the wind whistling outside, and I thought I could be in a tent now, but I'm not. I'm at home, and I felt a little bit giddy. <laughs> well, it sounds like we've all had absolutely dynamite weeks, as we always do on WTB podcast. But I think now it's time to leave this section and move swiftly forward, forward and onwards, and into and beyond. The area that is, ah, uh, no. be more mooring, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because now it's time to be more mooring. Look, I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> um, I managed to, 
had to change the pin on my one of my bank cards. I've got two bank cards, so I couldn't remember. It went to the bank, tried three times. They blocked it. We'll get you a new card. I went, that's fine, because I've got another bank card. I'll go into that bank and get money out there. And then when I went into that bank, I remembered it, it was that bank card that I changed the pin to, not the previous one. So couldn't remember the pin, so they blocked that. So I went back to the other bank and went, actually, I do know the pin because I hadn't changed it. Can I unblock it? And they went, no, it's too late. <laughs> so basically, I had two bank cards, both blocked. And then <laughs> a day later, go shopping with my friend, my neighbour, and he always gets takeaway. I said, look, mate, this time I made a big song and dance of it. I went, this time it's all on me. Order what you want. I will buy the takeaway. Get to the takeaway. And they go, oh, you've got to. They were, it's been declined. You've got to put the card in and do the pin number. And I went, I don't have it. So he had to pay for, <laughs> to pay for the takeaway in the end. I love that. This is your mates that constantly have bought you a takeaway pretty much every week throughout since the start of lockdown. I'm always like, don't worry, it's on me. I'll sort this one out. Lads, stand down. Maureen Young is here. It, sorry, I don't remember the pin number. Um, <laughs> also, your card had been blocked. So even if you'd remembered it, you cut, you've got, Maureen had two cards, <laughs> then she had no cards, and then she went, well, with these no cards, let's go shopping. <laughs> so you had, you put the pin number for one card into the other card, and then was like, that's the wrong, and then you put it in several times. No, I just, I, instead of using the, in the first bank, instead of using the right pin number, I just made one up because I thought I've changed it. Oh my God, this is even more mad. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. So you, it wasn't I misunderstood this as to you having a pin number and two cards and using the wrong pin number for that first card. But no, you didn't remember that pin number and then just went, well, I'll just try 6235 and see if that works. <laughs> I mean, what, what are the chances of me getting that wrong? Oh, does it seem to be right? Okay, let's try 9817. <laughs> Fucking hell, Maureen. No, they were numbers, like a, they were like a collection numbers that might have made sense in my mind. Yeah. There's a chance. Previous numbers, you're like, oh, I, I remember these four in a row. Like, this might be it. One, two, three, four. Did I do that ever? Four, three, two, one. Maybe I did that one. I love it. Because you can't, you can't do like obvious numbers like your birthday. You're not allowed, you can't do those, can you? So you've got to, you've got to have another set of numbers. So these were like a set of numbers that, you know, could feasibly have been, but obviously I hadn't changed the pin. So it was actually the, the real pin number. If I'd used the real pin number, it would have been fine. If you'd have but used I... your pin number. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that you had a pin number and you chose not to use it. Okay. Because you were like, it can't be my pin number. Because <laughs> I thought I changed it, but I hadn't changed it. But you would have known if you changed it. I thought I changed, changed card A, but it, actually it was card B. I want to kill myself now, Maureen. This and is fascinating, That's guys. how little I want to continue this. This has really now made me realise that, <laughs> that you're mad. <laughs> well, Maureen, once again, what a treat. <laughs> We've got to move from the nonsensical part of the show to the only part of the show that makes actual sense. It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. This one actually ties in exactly to Maureen you're talking about not being able to remember your, your numbers. Uh, this week's problem, uh, I'm a shopaholic and I need to stop. Help. 
I really enjoyed that first off, the help at the end. I was like, I will help you. Uh, <laughs> I'm a shopaholic. Help me. Help. Because I also uh, struggle with being a, a shopaholic. I'm, I'm the opposite of Maureen. Maureen is very good with her money. She will not waste even a pound. She knows where her money goes. I'm the girl who reads the lists in all the newspapers that are like, 37 things you never knew you needed in your home. I'm like, I didn't know I needed those and I need them all. So I relate to being a shopaholic, everyone. And I think it's kind of a, a result of our society. Are you kidding me? We're capitalists. Buy, buy, buy. Consume, consume. And shopping is everywhere. So even, even when I was researching for information here to give some advice, everyone, um, adverts pop up. So in doing the research, sure, I may have bought a diamond cut silver pair of hoops and an anti-snore pillow. But again, <laughs> the, the purpose of Ask Allison is to take my advice because I sure as hell am not using it. And even in doing this research, I proved that, everyone. In fact, I tried to stop shopping, and what I did was I bought a calendar and stickers that get delivered every month so I can really keep track of how I'm not spending. Good call, Allison. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, why are people shopaholics? Well, I mean, it's therapy. It's a comfort thing, right? It's like eating. It's like drugs. It's like any addiction. You get a rush. You get that rush. But then you have the come down afterwards, and then sometimes there's guilt. So it's like a cycle. It's an emotional cycle like everything else. Oh, I think sometimes people shop too. I'll say this because shopping almost makes you feel like you're being productive while you're doing nothing. That's kind of why I got into it too. I was like, well, I'm getting stuff done while I'm loading up the Amazon cart. When you're not. You're actually avoiding all the other things you're probably supposed to be doing. So techniques to maybe help you get past this. It's it's hard, uh, you know, but we want to get to a place when you're spending money that is conscious spending instead of emotional spending. All right? A lot of shopping comes from just needing a buzz or, or needing to fill some sort of gap. So the first thing I want you to do if you feel you're a shopaholic, identify your triggers. When is it you're doing the most shopping? Let's pay attention to this. When does it occur? Is it a certain time of day? Is it after certain events? What's going on? What are your triggers to shopping? Get rid or make getting your hands on credit cards very tricky. All right. So if you've got credit cards, this is a good technique. Some people say cut up your credit cards. I don't know if I believe in cutting up your credit cards because I do believe credit cards are handy if you're in a life situation. What I would suggest you do either Freeze it in a glass in your freezer, like in a water, and then that way you have to wait till the card thaws. Or give it to a friend that you trust, that you can be like, I need the credit card for this. So you're just being a little bit more accountable and giving yourself some time to think, which I think is a key to spending. Take some time. This is number one. Don't compulsively do anything. If you decide you want something, fine. You give yourself however many days. Some people say they wait a week. Some people say they wait 48 hours. But the number one step, I think, is to stop compulsive shopping. All right? So you want something, that's fine. You put it aside and go, God, I really want that. You wait a certain amount of time, and I bet you you won't want that. You'll be wanting an anti-snore pillow. I guarantee it, everyone. Before you buy something, this is a technique to also put off spending. Ask yourself these questions. So these are these are things you can kind of do to stop yourself in the tracks, right? So um, when will I use this? Do I have one like it? Is there a cheaper one? Could I borrow this from somebody to see if I even want it or if I need it? 
All right. So these are a few questions you can ask yourself to just give yourself that moment before you hit buy. Another technique, when you buy something, make it a rule that you get rid of something else that's already in your house. So if you purchase something, something comes in, something goes out. That's a big thing because sometimes we don't want to let go of things. So that's, that's a good technique. Unsubscribe to any damn shopping lists or anything that you are. If you purchase something, they're always like, give us your email. You get a 10% discount. Yeah, because you are about to spend 400% more than you had anticipated. Unsubscribe to those lists. When you do shopping, make yourself a list. Don't go off that list. Stick to your pre-plans. And then... Oh, yeah, some people like to do a challenge. I've heard friends who do challenges. They don't shop. What is, some people don't buy clothes for a year, and they do that with, like, a group of friends. And, and yeah, so you get accountability. I know, amazing. Didn't buy clothes for a year. If you want to buy something, instead of buying that thing, take that money that you were going to compulsively spend, pop it into another account. Even if it's 10 or 20, before you know it, you will be amazed at how much that money builds up. And mistakes you might be making, last little bit of information, when you're trying to stop shopping, Don't focus on what you're missing out on. Every time you don't spend money, think about what that money can go towards. You're not missing out. You are benefiting, and it's going to go towards something better in the long run. Have a plan for if things go off track. Like I said, talk to a friend. Maybe get a book. There's a lot of great books out there. I mean, again, you know, I'm always about a therapist. If you got access to a therapist, talk about that. And don't expect this to magically disappear, even if you do all these steps. This is something that takes a while to break uh, the habitual pattern. That is my advice, everyone. Alison June Smith, you are a wonder and a delight, and I love you dearly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, this shopaholic business is absolutely an issue. It's a problem. And with Amazon having the quick buy button, which means you don't even have that chance to put it in your shopping basket and then have a little think about it and then upload your credit card it's just like quick buy oh i bought it it's like ah! it's also spending money on things that you don't really think of at the time like if i if i collected all the money that i've spent on coffees and sarnies and snacks when i've been gigging do you know what i mean it, then that would be going to thousands because you just don't you know it's, it's three quid here four quid here you do that every day you know it's really easily done isn't it this is what i do do you want to know what i do i'll tell you what i do Okay, here we go. Strap yourselves in. Now, I'm not a compulsive shopaholic by any stretch of the imagination, but if I'm quite sort of like, oh, I've got this much money, I'll buy a round or I'll do, do you know what I mean? Or I'll, I find myself just like, I'll fritter the money away. I just, and if I have money, I'm like, it's a burden to me. I'm like, oh, just take the money from me. So what I've decided to do in order to stop myself from doing that, I now have, I don't know if you've heard of this thing, it's called savings. And I've now have... <laughs> Put my money into an ISA and a, a something else thing. I don't know what it's called. A fund thing. A fund thingy. What's it? And I can't get hold of that money. I'm mean, sure I could get hold of it if I really wanted to. Do you know what I mean? I mean it's not like it impossible. But it's not in my bank account. And so every month, a certain amount of money that I can afford goes into that. And it's just gone, right? And I forget about it. And it's there and it's gone. I've got two different accounts. Now, I'm very fortunate that I have a disposable income. I, I'm totally aware of that. But I do think, and my mum used to tell me this when I was a student and I had zero cash, that even if you've only got £5 spare a week, put that money away. You can't see it. You can't touch it. It's gone, right? And then, right, if you do find yourself frittering away money, you've always got that money that you can't touch, do, 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 do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I think it's very difficult to say, just don't spend it. It's like, uh, you know, it's that you get that dopamine fix and people who have, are compulsive, 
But if you compulsively save as much as you compulsively spend and that money, you can't get hold of it, then if you get into trouble, you've got a safety net. And what I discovered over the years is that I spent most of my life living hand to mouth. And if I got into trouble, that was it. I was just in trouble. I was buggered. Well, like the way I was brought up was like you only spend what you've got. So I, I, I've never had an overdraft. I, you know, if I don't have the money, I don't spend it. And I think people are encouraged now to have an overdraft and then your wages puts you back to zero and then you go back into and you get into that and also with students I mean I, I was fortunate I had a grant but now students are leaving college with 30 grand debt or whatever I mean if you've got 30 grand debt what difference does it make if you've got 32 or 34 it's 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 a it's a ridiculous sum and so I think you know I feel sorry for younger people who are burdened with a load of debt you know from the off yes they are definitely but I think if you're what what is lacking and the reason why we have this whole shopaholics thing is what I really feel like in school is they don't teach you anything that you need to know. What I think they should be teaching you to school is there needs to be some kind of class where they teach you about how to manage money, where they teach you how to do a tax return, <laughs> where they teach you how to pay bills, where they teach you how to be how to do the things that you need to do when you leave like what? What I find interesting about school is that they're not interested in teaching you anything that you fucking need. <laughs> you know, like we should be teaching children about sex education. We should be teaching them about how to have um, agency over their own bodies um, and about what good sex is, what bad sex is and how to manage your money and how to. And if we were taught that, you know, if because if your parents don't teach you, then you don't. You go out into the world and you're just like, hey, I got money. Hey, I've got a credit card. Hey, I've got this. Hey. And that's a big thing. It's a generation of, of uh, not understanding money management. You know, parents, I'm sure they're doing their best to try to raise kids. But if they have a bad relationship with money, that just gets passed down. And then it's like da-da-da-da-da-da. But also you've got a society where you can pay with your phone. You can pay with your watch. It's very easy to do. Oh, my God. Very soon you'll have, it in your, you'll have a chip in your eye. You'll be able to blink and you go, oh, shit, I've just bought 78 grand's worth of, I don't know stocks and we're encouraged aren't we we're encouraged to get a new phone well I'm obviously I'm not but you're encouraged if you're younger you're probably encouraged to get a new phone the new this the new that and there's a I mean if you think well how much stuff kids have like they've got a mobile phone which is probably a thousand quid or whatever and they've got the they've got a iPad I mean I I, I used to have sketch what do you call it sketch attack that I know but no one was using an extra sketch to communicate with each other Maureen this extra sketch isn't working. <laughs> but, you know, you think of the amount of electronic goods that the average kid has that he's walking around with and that they expect as a norm. i tell you what it's all down to. It's all down to the fact that we live in an unfettered neoliberal capitalist society where we value money over and above everything. And if we just had something in place like, I don't know, morals or some idea about <laughs> <laughs> society and collectivism, we wouldn't be in this whole individualism where we're just obsessed with, I must have, I must have, I need, I want, I should. Then, you know, that's, that's the part of the problem I'm very fortunate in the fact I, I come from a family that we didn't really ever have any money and I have a mother who's a bit like um, Maureen's mum that every single penny she would save so I I have a sort of a, a very different relationship with money where I, I actually feel guilty if I if I had to spend it but I do think we just need to change the way we view our spending in terms of how we view society and, and how we view view things collectively like th even things like as much as the NHS you know 
look, it's going on my soapbox here, but we still think we still celebrate billionaires. Well, I think billionaires are a fucking disgrace. So I don't think we should live in a society where billionaires exist. I don't think we should live in a society where individuals have that much power to influence global organisations. If you look at someone like Bill Gates, he's like lauded as this great hero. But I actually think it's dreadful that somebody, one man, can wield that much power that hasn't been elected democratically. And there... End of the lesson. But, you know, remember Years and Years, which was a great TV series. It's like probably on iPlayer if you haven't seen it, where she says we're all to blame because we, we go on about this, we moan about it, but we all buy that cheap T-shirt, don't we? Well, it's a fiver. We don't think about, well, actually, if it's a fiver, how much is the person who's, who's, who's making it getting cost? You know, we, we all buy stuff from certain organisations, from brilliant organisations, and we know it's it's not good, but we still, we still order stuff from... Various, you know, so we all are kind of complicit. We just protect, we kind of ignore, we just ignore the little facts, don't we? Oh my God, we've had actually had a proper conversation here. It's unbelievable. We have. We've had this a is... really good conversation. We, we, we'll never do it again. Don't worry, Jen. No. That'll, that'll be a one off. <laughs> For the love of Christ, let's get back to talking complete bollocks. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's talk about what we've been watching on television. I watched Jen on TV this week. Did you? Now, Maureen, where did you see our lovely Jen this week? Crime Watch. No, I'm joking. It was, <laughs> it was pointless, wasn't it, Jen? And I have to say, Jen looked like she was enjoying every moment of it, weren't you? Okay, Love. right. Thank you, Maureen. Don't make fun of her face. I just want to say this. You looked gorgeous, though. I'll say that, if I may. It doesn't matter oh, how thanks. you look. But but <laughs> you did look beautiful on screen, Jennifer. Thank you, Alison. I did look like a rabbit in the headlights. And that's because... Um, <laughs> Quizzes are my idea of hell, okay? So um, 
I was already very stressed when I arrived at the studio to, for Pointless. And I think back in, you know, pre-COVID times, there would have been a green room and you'd have all chatted and relaxed each other and gone, hey, you know, have you done, have you done Pointless before? But you're not. You're all putting your individual dressing rooms and you're not allowed to interact or talk to anyone. So I'd got myself into a right old tizwas before I arrived. The thing is, when you start, when they start the questions, I don't know how other people feel when they're under pressure, but my instant response uh, is fight or flight is flight. Okay, so in that situation, I'm like, I want to leave. I want to get out of here. Um, My brain just stops working just for a brief moment. I just go, I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of these. And the thing for anyone who doesn't know how pointless works is that you want to get the, the, the least score, the smallest amount. You So if it's a multiple choice and there's like the most popular answer, will get the most points and that's what you don't want you want to get the hard you want to answer the hardest question to get the least amount of points and so when i when it came round to me what they do is it's a two bladed what's it if you get asked first because you get to answer the easy question or you could take a risk and answer the hard question but basically all of the questions i could answer went before it got to me <laughs> and i was like i am fucked okay and all I was thinking the whole time that people were answering questions was I won't be able to answer this question so they're going to come to me and I'm going to go I'm so sorry Zander I don't know the answer to any of these questions and he'll go come on have a guess and then I'll have a guess and everybody at home will be like gosh she's really thick and just as it got around to me I swear to god the answer popped into my head a beat before he said Jen now do you have an answer for blah 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 and I went vermilion and um I got I got one of the answers correct and it was one of the tricky ones and it made me look super clever we all know that's not true (laughs) and then I relaxed but before that Maureen said to me I don't think anyone else would notice but I was watching your face and you did not look happy (laughs) (laughs) because that look she often has in my company so I didn't recognize it quite (laughs) (laughs) but anyway it was all fine in the end we got to the final we didn't win but we got to the final that's not bad, is it? And you got a cup, didn't you? You got the bowl. Did I get a bowl? I think it's just a block. It's like a it's a it's a glass block with pointless finalist on it or something. Hey, it's it's on my shelf. Also, we filmed it ages ago, so I'd completely forgotten all about it. When they went, oh, it's out on Saturday. I was like, yeah, we filmed it last year. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that because I was yeah. like, why didn't Jen mention this? Because <laughs> I mean, she forgot. Because I she forgot that it. <laughs> just just assumed they weren't going to put it out. Because Marie was like, did you watch Jen on Pointless? I was like, no. So then I'm like trying to Google clips just so I could see a little bit. Because I was like, I'm a shit friend. She must have mentioned it. It's on iPlayer. You can watch it on iPlayer. Of course, the big TV moment was Jen. I presume you watched it. Final episode of Line of Duty. I did. I watched it. Obviously, I didn't watch it on the Sunday because we were still in a field in Sussex. But um, I have since watched it. And... What did you think of it? Sorry, Alison, because I know you haven't seen the series. This is super I hate, dull. But this is the world. Everyone's into line of duty. Maureen, what'd you think? Go. Well, you know what? At the beginning, when you thought Joe was something was awful was going to happen to Joe, it got really exciting, really exciting. And then I started looking at my phone during it, which I don't normally do. And it got to about 10, 10 minutes towards the end. I'm like, is this it? I thought it was uh, as a dra- I can see the political point they were making, but as a drama, it was a very anticlimactic. Let's put it that way. It's disappointing. I was like, is this, what, is this it? So so this whole person that we're supposed to know who H is, and then they go, are you H? And they were like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do spoilers. Anyway, the long story short of it is you're like, oh, that is, you're joking, right? It's a little bit like someone going, hey, who is it? Who can it be? Who it? They'd be like, oh, it's that, that bloke there. You see him? It was him. And you're like, no, no, but it was... It's supposed to be a bit more exciting. So, who is it? It's that that guy there. He's sitting over there. It's him. Wait, but what? Uh, fuck off! What? 
I think they're setting it up for series seven. There's talk now that there's going to be another series. I think that's what they're setting up for. There has to be. There has to be because there was they got they got a middle they caught the middleman and they were like and da da and also we've got to know what's happening. Carmichael doesn't seem right, does she? No, wrong with her. Definitely not. It, well, I think what it's trying to say was that you know it's often the worst kind of corruption is by middlemen. You know who had just got they're not not got no ability i don't know who we could relate to in, in politics in this country got no ability but promoted upwards and caused a lot of harm because they're totally immoral which your political, political point is great but it's a bit of drama you're like that's not what you want that's not what you watch a crime series for is it you look for a resolution in the crime drama i tell you what i enjoyed the most about that particular episode is there is a scene at the end where they're in a glass lift oh yeah and that bit at the end where they're all looking off into the distance i thought wow yeah, because that's what you do, don't you, when you're in a lift with friends. You just sort of, you look there, I'll look there, and I'll look there. Okay? <laughs> and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We're still in the lift. Hold it. Don't blink. Hold it. Hold it. Don't talk. Don't smile. Don't breathe. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Got it. Got a genuine friend moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really naturalistic. I love that. Yes, it was disappointing. But nonetheless, I think they will have to have a seventh series. They'll have to. And I think he, as the writer, Jen Mercurio, was like, I'm going to hedge my bets here that if they don't want a seventh series, I can end it here. But if I do get another series, I we can keep going with this story. This is the most popular series on the BBC. I mean, it has like 11, 12 million viewers. It's, yeah, they, they're going to get another series. Anyway, I watched a series which is ongoing at the moment. And I, once again, I am hands down, I'm recommending this with a five stars. I absolutely love it. I've only seen two episodes, but I'm in. I'm in deep. I'm tits deep in and I'm absolutely loving every second of it. It's the new series on Sky. You can get it if you have now television. It's called Mayor of East Town. Mayor being the name of the main character played by Kate Winslet. She is outstanding in it. I mean, Kate Winslet, we know to be brilliant anyway, but she's just, as a woman now in her 40s, I think she's just come into her own and she's playing more interesting characters. You know, she's playing flawed, difficult women and I'm loving it. There was only two episodes up when I watched it and I was angry when the second episode finished. I was like, oh, <laughs> come on. I need to know what's happening now. It's really good. I lo I'm loving it. I'm, I'm actually a, a bit more in love with uh, Kate Winslet. She's really going down that Franc Francis McDormand sort of style where you're like naturalistic strong powerful female characters that you that are so imperfect and flawed and, and and sometimes quite unlikable but just utterly watchable i can recommend that highly if you want to just uh take advantage of the now subscription <laughs> and do that thing where you just wait until all the episodes are up and then just take the sort of like oh you can get a month free and then just sack it off yeah, like I did with my Apple. I'm still paying for it. Anyway. <laughs> Alison, holler uh, films? Holler films, yeah. Holla. <laughs> my horror film of the week that I have chosen uh, goes very well, I think, with the, the shopaholic problem because it is set, eventually, it is set in a mall. I would like to recommend, as my horror film pick this week, Dawn of the Dead. Which I feel is a classic. Uh, I like the 2004 one myself. I enjoyed it. So basically what happens is zombie film, people, everyone's zombies, and then survivors run to a mall, uh, get into a shopping mall to survive the zombies. And it is 
awesome. It's like a thrill a minute, I'll say with this one. It's not necessarily gore or gross. You know, it's zombies. You're going to have a little bit of that stuff. But it is just go, go, go from the moment it starts. It's one of those films where, like, it begins and then you're just like, oh, my God. Like, it's, I, I loved it. I love it. I think it's a classic. I would recommend it to anyone. Dawn of the Dead. I don't know what it is about zombie films, but I love them. I loved 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later, Dawn of the Dead, The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Shaun of the Dead. Yep, that's great. Do you know what? Actually, Shaun of the Dead in places, I know it's a comedy, but in places it was pretty scary. I think there's something about that apocalyptic kind of movie where society is broken down. It's every man for himself or every woman for herself. Kind of is my worst nightmare that I sort of find it quite, thera- not therapeutic, that's not right, quite cathartic to watch it. Because I know that if there were the zombie apocalypse comes, I'm, I'll be a zombie within about... I mean, I got corona the day after they announced corona. So, I mean, I know. When <laughs> hey, corona's right. Oh, I've got it. Oh, shit. When the zombie apocalypse happens, I will be one. I'll be like just eating flesh with the rest of them. We'll be like, um, hey, Jen, did you hear? Meanwhile, she's <laughs> biting her ear off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually genuinely think that I would rather be a zombie than... Watching things like The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, I don't watch that going, oh, God, I hope I survived this. I'm like, that looks dreadful to survive the zombie apocalypse. And also, it ought to be said that it is funny. It's a funny film. I mean, it isn't funny. (laughs) But it's got loads of humour in it in terms of, like a lot of horror films do. I just think it's an all-rounder great film. Like when I thought I was going to say another one, but then I was like, oh, my God, Dawn of the Dead. So I highly recommend that. That's my recommendation for this week, everyone. Thank you very much, uh, Alison. That's a good recommendation. You got excited when I said it. You're like, so Maureen, maybe at some point. Not really me. No. Chloe walked in once when I was watching The Walking Dead and she was like, and there was somebody like a zombie's head exploded or something. And she was like, oh, my God, why are you watching this? I was like, oh, she goes, how can you watch? Don't you feel sick? I was like, absolutely not. I just I feel pretty much nothing um Mm -hmm. just i'm just dead on the inside so (laughs) (laughs) and now it's going to be maureen's cultural corner Uh i haven't started it hello i'm I'm gonna start that again (laughs) maureen what's happening in your corner that's been cultured well i should have really mentioned this last week i carried away the music a book club so last book club we talked about jen brister's book the other mother which Luckily for Jen, got very positive reviews. You'll be pleased to know, Brister, from our readership. And this month is Pat Barker's Regeneration, which Jen has already read. I've actually already read this, read it. I read it very quickly. And for those who don't know, it's um, about Craig Lockhart War Hospital and a Dr Rivers, whose job is basically all these these officers that come in and they're shell-shocked from what's going on in the trenches. And his job is to make them well enough so they can go back to France and probably get killed. And two of the people that he's dealing with are Sassoon, Siegfried Sassoon and Wilfred Owen, who are two great poets from the from that period. If you've never read First World War poetry, we might make it one of the topics. It's absolutely brilliant. And Siegfried Sassoon was this uh, very famous officer. He was a who's well-known poet, very brave, had an amazing military record. And then he made this declaration against the war. And they couldn't really accuse him of being a coward or anything because he had such a great uh, track record. He was also, I think he was almost up for the Victoria Cross twice by this point. So they shoved him into this hospital and basically Rivers has got to try and get him to to kind of uh, take back his his declaration against the war. And you just look into the prisoners, how they deal with the prisoners and all the trauma they have to deal with. I mean, it doesn't sound a jolly book, but it is a, it's a very interesting book. I mean, what did you, how did you find it? I loved it. I read it a long time ago. 
I really loved it. I was I had a brief obsession with the First World War in my twenties. I mean, a lot of people don't realise that Wilfred Owen, um, who died very young during the war, a week before the end of the war, he wasn't really famous, was he, until after he died? Um, and when you think about the horrors that these men had witnessed, and and what they also talk about, a lot of the book is about the psychology of these men, isn't it? And about how a lot of them, even though what they've witnessed in the front line is just absolute horror after horror after horror. They want to go back because they feel such guilt for all the men that have died and they feel like they can't live as a civilian life until the war's over. And so they go back and they keep going back and they keep going back and they want to go back. It's not like they're being forced to. They want to go back to war. And I think that is very true of men that are, I think, probably to this day that go to war, that that, that keep going on more and more tours because they feel guilty. But it's like that catch-22. So they've got to be considered sane enough to go back to war. But would you be sane if you wanted to go back there? Because you know you're probably going to go back to be, you know, killed or mutilated. I thought it was a really interesting book. I mean, I thought there'd be more about Sassoon and Wilfred Owen. There isn't, but I think that comes comes in later. But uh, yeah, so that's our, our book. For, and Pat Barker's a brilliant writer. Yeah, it's the first of three books. It's the Regeneration Trilogy and um, it's really worth reading, definitely. The second book in particular was like, oh my God, it's really dark. For more information about the book club, just go to the WTB Book Club on Facebook. Thank you, Maureen. <laughs> Who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? (laughs) And now it is time to end this podcast by getting the goat of one individual. That's my brother. Who could that be, Jen? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Let's go with Jen's goat this week. Let's change it up. Jen, uh, what the hell's got your goat this week? (laughs) Well, I don't know how all of you feel about the weather, but I'm over it. I'll tell you what's been getting my go is I cannot, can someone tell English summer? Where is it? It's not here, is it? It's not even spring. It's gone back to flipping winter again. It's effing freezing. I mean, you know, just a call back to the frozen water and urine in my tent the other day. I can't, I, things have been bleak enough this year, haven't they, for everybody? And, you know, I, 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 I'm going to catch that by saying I realise I'm a very fortunate human being. But things have been quite tough. All I want is a bit of vitamin D. Is that too much to ask from the world, from the universe? I'm over the cold weather. I looked at the weather report. The whole of the week is Schitzenberg and I just can't take it anymore. It's really affecting me. It's um, I'm going to have to get one of those lamps. You know, those lamps you stick your head in. I think I'm going to have to do it. I need some day sunlight. I mean, I know that there are parts of the world where like they're like, please let it rain. But we're like, actually, it hasn't rained. That's the other thing. We've had cold weather, but no rain. Well, we did rain the other day, but I mean, my plants are having a nightmare. The point is, that's what's got my goat, is the weather. I'm over it. I would like some sunshine. How? Anyone with me? No, yeah, I'd like it warmer because I've got to put my heating on. And I've just got my gas bill, so I'm a bit pissed off about that. (laughs) Oh, I know. Same. I put the electric blanket on last night. I thought this can't be right. It's May. I'm using a hot water bottle. It's cheaper than the electric. You're not wrong, Maureen. But the electric blankets are not as expensive as you think. You can run them for quite a long time and they barely pick up any pennies. Oh, really? The new ones, mm-hmm. yeah. Not I like the old what, ones. I gave mine mm. away as well. Mm, God, just ending with a bang as usual. <laughs> <laughs> How middle-aged do we sound? Electric blankets and hot water bottles, guys. Hey, listen. They got some politics earlier, so I don't want to hear any complaints from anyone. In fact, I think there's people listening going, we didn't really want that from this podcast, actually. We want, we prefer the, the usual drivel. 
And now you've spoiled it. Well, and I gave them some trash. I talk shopping and horror movies. Alison, you're the only one being true to this podcast. Well, once again, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I can't wait to do this again next week. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.